is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Friday, July 23rd, the second to last Friday here in July, man. And we're rolling into fantasy football draft season, talking some tears after all those team preview podcasts. By the way, if you missed any of them, outside of like Cam Akers, most of those pods are still good until we get into the heart of training camp, so you can always go back, download them. I mean, at least download them, even if you don't listen to them. All right, that helps me. But anyway, we're going to talk about running back tiers and strategy today. Yesterday broke down that quarterback strategy for both Superflex, two quarterback leagues, and your traditional one quarterback formats. Today at running back, I mean, the name of the game is to get a top 10 guy first and foremost before we dive into the tiers. I like to get a top 10 guy. I realize if you're picking at 11, there may be already 10 off the board at that point. I do think Kelsey sneaks in. I think the occasional wideout may go in some home league drafts. I am not seeing that in industry drafts right now, but maybe in your home leagues. Somebody like Tyreek Hill does possibly slide ahead of you if you're at the back end of that first round. But even if you don't get a top 10 guy, a top 12 guy is fine. I want to anchor with that player. And here's what I've noticed. The position I'm most likely to punt out of my starters in 2021 fantasy football drafts is my second running back spot. I've noticed that, you know, you almost can't avoid getting a running back in the first round. And then there's just insane value at wide receiver. And would you rather structure your lineup with, let's say you get a top 10 running back and then a top 20 running back? And then you would have a top 10 wide out, a top 20 wide out, and then like a top 30 wide out. Or would you rather it be a top 10 running back, two top 15, maybe even top 10 wide outs, three top 20 wide outs, something along those lines, three, possibly even three top 15 wide outs. I just think this is the year to hammer wide receivers second, third, fourth round if your draft allows for it. So generally speaking, that's the approach, but I wouldn't talk you out of of scooping up value if it's there in the early rounds at running back. So anyway, generally speaking, that's the strategy, but let's dive into the tiers for you here. And at the top, I, I do have the top tier of Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. I think that's your number one, number two picks this year. Sometimes there's a debate at the top. This is not one of those years. I'm not worried about Christian McCaffrey's injuries from last year. He's still elite. Uh, By the way, in these podcasts, I'm not talking about auctions. I will do a specific auction strategy podcast for you well in advance of all your drafts. My first auction draft is the second weekend in August, so I'll have that out there before then. Uh, So if you're in a place like I am where you need that intel, I got you covered there. Second tier for me is three more running backs, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley. Now, Kamara and Henry are sort of interchangeable for me at two and or at three and four, that is. If you're in a non-PPR, then it is certainly Henry. If you are in a PPR, I'd probably lean Kamara. I'm not going to talk you out of either. Now, Barkley, I do put in this tier because he has elite potential. Now, you open up camp on the uh, pup list, but pup in camp, you can come off of it anytime. So I'm not worried about that. The next tier I do subdivide, and I think that is really important to note about tiers. Tiers are better than rankings because they provide more context. So you do have guys who are very similar in rankings, but 
offer slightly different profiles. So tier three A is uh, solid RB one. So I have Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones. Now Aaron Jones obviously comes with the uh, the caveat of wait until next week to see if Aaron Rodgers reports. But for now, I'm going to put him in this tier. Taylor and Chubb not going to offer a ton in the passing game, but are among the the better early down backs in the league. And then Elliott, of course, hey, he's lost weight. He's actually reported 10 pounds lighter than last year, but did he, you know, was last year the sign of of decline? Unfortunately, in the NFL, if you do show signs of decline, it rarely reverses course. So we'll see with Elliott here. But I'm still willing to, based on volume, put him in the RB1 uh, territory, put him in top 10 territory. Now, I also have Boomer Bus Guys as Tier 3B. This is Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon. Harris has the uncertainty of being a rookie behind a bad offensive line. Gibson, uh, second year in the league. I mean, last year was great from a touchdown standpoint, but we still don't quite know what he's going to be at the pro level. Austin Eckler, a little bit undersized, never had a big workload, obviously, and uh, you know the durability is a concern. And then Mixon, also a little bit of durability as well. How good is that team actually going to be? Do they put him in a position where he can succeed? But those are the running backs. So taking Cam Akers out of the mix here, these are the guys that I would prioritize and I'd be happy with any of them as my first guy. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to talk you out of taking two of these guys if you can get it. You're not going to get two of the top tier guys by, by any means, but getting uh, Christian McCaffrey and if Mixon falls to you, getting Alvin Kamara and if Eckler falls or something like that. I don't think that's terrible. It's just not a route that I've seen in a lot of drafts that I've been in. After that, you do have this interesting little tier of Edwards Hilaire, Dobbins, and Swift. They all come with their own questions. Edwards Hilaire last year was disappointing, right? Dobbins, there is a lot of uh, work that's going to go to Lamar Jackson and even Gus Edwards. So how much meat's on the bone? And then Swift, is he really just the passing down back? Because that's what it kind of sounds like. We know there's plenty of upside with him. But unfortunately, if Jamal Williams is going to get all the work there, then, you know, it's not really that desirable as anything more than an RB2. So these guys are RB2s with RB1 potentials. They're sort of sexier options. And this is the key to tiers. So you have a guy like Dobbins, who in rankings is actually ranked uh, one spot behind the guy in tier 4B at the top of tier 4B, an unsexy RB2 with RB1 potential. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break, and then after the break, I'm going to tell you uh, about this player and why tiers are better for your fantasy football drafts than using traditional rankings. So you're going to hear me say this a lot, but the number one mistake that I see a lot of fantasy football drafters make is they use rankings, they don't use a draft board, or even tiers on draft day, and in rankings, you lose a lot of context, and this is where mistakes can be made, and and pretty bad ones in the middle rounds, even as you get out of the early rounds. So the early rounds, first, second, third round, most people are going to be pretty solid in that range, but fourth, fifth round, they're still technically early rounds. And I start to see people make mistakes even there. And largely it's because they're using rankings, not a draft board, not tiers. So as I mentioned, J.K. Dobbins in my rankings actually one spot behind Chris Carson. But I have Chris Carson in a different subset of the fourth tier 
because he's a very different option. Dobbins has a very high ceiling. There's no doubt about it. Carson's ceiling isn't as high. Now, it wouldn't shock me if he finishes like a top 12 guy, if he manages to stay healthy. He's going to see volume. But the problem is that he doesn't have a massive ceiling. And that's really this tier. So I have Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacob, David Montgomery. And I should mention, okay, so Daryl Henderson, I've been in between. Is he sexy or is he unsexy? And I do think that he's actually going to slide in behind DeAndre Swift for me in the sexy category because I think that drafters are going to overdraft him, unfortunately. So Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, they're, they're all RB2s. None of these guys are super sexy. Miles Sanders may have been in the past, but I think generally speaking, we kind of are aware that his role in the passing game is not going to be as large as it once was. Jacobs already has that issue and Kenyon Drake in the house. And Monty, well, we're going to have Tariq Cohen back. He's not going to face all of those awful defenses that he faced down the stretch. So he's in this territory as well. There is a difference, even though these guys are ranked in the same range as mid-range to almost back-end RB2s, there's a difference between Clyde Edwards-Lair, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Daryl Henderson, and Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery. Rankings won't tell you that difference, but tiers will. Tier 5, I got a couple more unsexy RB2s, Miles Gaskin, uh, Kareem Hunt and Mike Davis. Can we just throw this out there? It's it's Miles Gaskin, not Gaskins. <laughs> but anyway, unsexy for me. I don't know if Gaskin can hold up to the workload there. Kareem Hunt is unfortunately behind Nick Chubb in the pecking order. Elsewhere, he'd be a lot higher. But in that offense, this is where he is. And then Mike Davis, he hasn't even averaged over four yards to carry in the course of his career. I am not targeting anybody from that group. And in fact, as I mentioned, I would prefer to punt the position and actually look as we get outside of roughly the top 24 in my rankings for some upside rookies. Tier 6A is better for me than Tier 6B. 6A is upside rookies. ETN, Williams, Sermon, Carter. All of them have major juice as your second running back. And I will be, you know, I've got to be honest on this one. If you punt your second running back spot, When you're done your draft, you're going to look at your team and you're going to say, I'm weak at my second running back spot. But that's fine because that was the intention. You may be weak in late August, but talk to me again in in late November and let's see if we're still weak there, right? That's That's the thought process here. And while you're also weak at your second running back spot, you could be absolutely loaded at your wide receiver spot and flex for that matter if you... If you get to uh, a top 20 wide receiver in your flex spot, you're off to the races. So I love all of these guys. They may not hit right away. And this is the order I prefer them in. Again, ETN, Williams, Sermon, Carter. But I do think each one of them hits uh, this season. 6B is a questionable committee tier where I don't want these guys. Ready? And it's a lengthy list. Edmonds, Gordon, Robinson, Mostert, Damian Harris, uh, Ronald Jones, Fournette, Kenyon Drake. Committees are not optimal, obviously. They're inescapable in today's NFL, but I don't want this group. Now, the one exception is if you really have a strong stance on the Tampa backfield and you think it's Jones or you think it's Fournette, you're going to get either one of those guys at a decent value. But this, even Chase Edmonds, is is a problematic bunch where I think it's going to be very frustrating week in and week out. 
And by the way, a lot of the fantasy masses are still going to be waking up to the fact that James Robinson 2020 is not James Robinson 2021 for fantasy purposes. He was the only guy there in a different coaching regime last year. He is now not the only guy there. In fact, his new regime drafted a running back in the first round of this year's draft. So that's not good. So I don't want any piece of this group. Chase Edmonds uh, with James Conner there. Melvin Gordon with Javante Williams there. James Robinson with Travis Etienne there. Raheem Mostert with Trey Sermon there. Damian Harris with uh, Belichick there, I guess. Jones and Fournette. And then Drake is really decidedly the, the second man in the Vegas committee. Tier 7A is a bunch of PPR specialists. I tend to not draft this type of player. Naeem Hines, J.D. McKissick, James White, Tariq Cohen, Darrington Evans. That group of player is very inconsistent week in and week out. They may end up being top 30. Some of these guys may end up being top 30 at the end of the year, but it's a bumpy ride because they don't have the floor of carries that you know a lot of these other guys have. So uh, Tier 7B, buyer beware. David Johnson, I don't need to explain that. Zach Moss in a bad committee. James Conner just talked about him. Jamal Williams, I don't think I need to explain that either. Devin Singletary on the other side of that bad committee. Philip Lindsay in the bad committee with David Johnson. And then Tevin Coleman. Yes, he may have been good four or five years ago for a brief period of time, but he is an older running back now who has not shown the ability to stay healthy and very likely will get passed up by Michael Carter, even if he starts the season as the starter. Tier 7C is a premium handcuff tier. Tony Pollard, A.J. Dillon, Gus Edwards, Latavius Murray. Rashad Penny, Alexander Madison, these guys aren't necessarily going to contribute individually for you. However, if the starter goes down on any of those depth charts, they have absolutely massive potential. Tier 8A is your late round darts. Uh, guys like Ramondre Stevenson, Kenny Gainwell, even Javian Hawkins. I don't love Javian Hawkins, but I could see throwing a late round dart at them. Uh... 8B is our late round handcuff. Savan Ahmed, Daryl Williams, Chuba Hubbard, who is the handcuff in Carolina. And then either Xavier Jones or Jake Funk, whoever ends up being the guy there for the Rams, is who I would go after. Uh, finally, late round avoids. They will be there on the board in the late rounds. These are guys who I am not drafting. Giovanni Bernard, Mark Ingram if he makes the team, Carlos Hyde, Jarek McKinnon, Sony Michelle if he makes the team, Damian Williams. Wayne Gallman, Malcolm Brown, no thank you for those guys. Yes, we know most of their names quite well for fantasy purposes, but if they had a point of fantasy relevance, that point is in the past for each one of these guys. So there you go. I am willing to punt RB2, but I am also still going to stick to my guns. One of my key strategies with running back, have four of them by the time you get to the 10th round. Four on your roster. So even if you punt, even if you wait till round six, round seven, you really now have to hammer the position right after that and load up on those middle round upside guys. Love that strategy at the position. And generally speaking, I found a lot of success with that. Don't think you're going to be able to avoid running back at the top of your draft this year, but you you could certainly wait. And especially in a lot of home leagues where I do expect running backs to go early and often. It's kind of like old school drafting all over again. Zig while others zag, man. Zig while others zag. So that leads us up to wide receiver. So in the next podcast here, we will talk about wide receiver tiers, wide receiver strategy, where we can absolutely hammer the position in the early rounds and what we can maybe end up with there. There's a lot of potential this year. 
Hey, don't forget to go check out FTNFantasy.com. My top 100 half-point PPR rankings are up there. They are free. It's in an article, not in the rankings tool, so go check that out. At Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. Use that hashtag RatPack. That way I know you're a listener of this podcast. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.